Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. He is currently in the MCC Theater production of Only Gold, but back in 2016, he was in the Broadway revival of Cats as Alonzo. So welcome, Ahmad Simmons, and thank you for joining me. Hey, so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you You join. I know we've talked to a bunch of your, your castmates and a few people in Only Gold as well, but um, yeah. we're here to talk a little bit about cats first. So let's start with your, your history of cats. I know you've had a lot of time before 2016 to have seen it because mm-hmm. it's been around for so long. So what was your first introduction to the show? Yeah, um, I think like many people, that VHS was my intro <laughs> to... <laughs> To, uh, to cats. I wore that thing out. Um, I can't actually remember who got it for me, but Fort Worth, Texas, and um, I definitely still have it actually in a closet. But yeah, I, I remember when I was getting more curious about dance, uh, like around middle school, into middle school, that just sort of appeared. <laughs> and um, I remember watching that and seeing Rum Tum Tugger and f***ing out. I was like, wait. What, who, how, what is like soulful, oddly sexy? Because I was also like, you know, fine. <laughs> uh, like thing that's happening. And uh, it, it it was cool because I was a really like a singer, singer and wanted to be a pianist and all of this stuff. And it just sort of like melded all those, those um, dreams and things together in that moment. And so uh, fast forward, maybe two years and dance studio, Diane Clow West dance studio, decides to do the prologue from Cats as a part of our recital at the end of the year. <laughs> um, Hand painting our unitards and like making our wigs for this like dance recital version of the prologue from Cats. And I was like, okay, that sealed the deal. And um, yeah, that's that was the introduction. Me. I love it. So, how, what was what was the age when you did the prologue? Like high school? I was in, I was in high school. Okay. Yeah, that had to have been like junior year. And you were how old were you when you saw the the ninety eight movie? Like junior high age? Yeah, age? yeah. I would say like thirteen. I, was, I remember being okay. pretty young. Yeah. So that's like the that's the fringe area of where I find the show a little fascinating. For you might uh-huh. understand in some of the like like what the show is actually about. Like there's yeah. a little, there's a lot to it. <laughs> But, you know, if you're too young, you don't get it. If you're too old, like, then you kind of get it. Oh, I can't believe I'm watching, you know, two people basically have sex on stage or two cats basically have Absolutely. sex on stage. <laughs> so did did you pick up any of that in the first movie or was it more of just like you're a dancer and a singer and it's like this combination? Well, I will say like in the first movie when I, I the idea of like what Victoria was going through um, didn't like completely register, but I knew what it meant to be sensual, yeah. knew kind of what that that expression in your back was like as a dancer. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, watching Tugger like roll his hips. I was like, okay, there's something going on here. That's just like, not what I felt before. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of got what was going on, but I wasn't 
to the point yet where I was like really investigating it. It was more of like okay. what, it, what it made me feel like. <laughs> and so honestly, weird. it's kind of what, well, I mean, it's honestly what it's kind of like supposed to be. It's like, it's going to go over yeah. every kid's head. It's like, oh, it's kind of yeah. fancy. But then there's this like range where you, where you were, where it's like, it's a little confusing and it's a mm-hmm. little bit like, all right, I might, I might get some of it, but I don't get all of it. Yeah. And so I've, yeah. I've been kind of fascinated by that because I do see like the performances I've seen. There's kids everywhere. And I'm yeah. like, we're talking about one of the, you know, cats is basically, you know, the orgy's ball or the ball's an orgy. Like all this yes. stuff is like very sexual and very. Yes. Uh, aggressive and oh good there's a six-year-old kid next to me sitting yeah. three seats and they're down. like oh it, it's a white cat and she's doing the splits yay and yeah, then exactly. it's like exactly that's great <laughs> so did you ever do besides that dance number did you ever do any other like singing performances dancing of it pre-2016 okay funny enough um and sort of cosmic i got my equity card doing alonzo in cats at the pittsburgh clo in 2000 and was that uh, wow okay um, so I, I went to college at point park university in pittsburgh and clo was like right down the street and it was and it still is a really theater and uh i was a dance major in college so i, I got very little musical theater training at all um i sort of bulldozed my way into private voice lessons there but the summers were really my opportunity to like train in theater. So I auditioned the first summer after my freshman year for the Pittsburgh CLO for their summer stock and got hot. And we did like Cats, Oklahoma and uh, White Christmas or something. And that was the to do it professionally. And we did choreography um, to the show and to Lonzo, which is just so crazy that like, you know, fast forward however many years, and I end up almost ten years of you doing that same role. That's fascinating. So you basically got to do original choreography yeah. in the the choreography, yeah, exactly. With Andy, so two di- two it, different Alonzo. Yeah, definitely. Because as I yeah. say, I, I think some of my questions about Alonzo, like what is written more about him, is the original choreography. Where because in that one you with Victoria, right? In some cases that mm-hmm. that that production dances with Victoria in that big number. Yeah. In other cases, it doesn't. Um, yeah. And I don't think in 2016 you did. Is that correct? We only had a few things, but it was primarily um, is Plato in our yeah. production that does the you know big lift and everything. Okay. Yeah. So wow. So okay. So now let's let's start with Pittsburgh then. Okay. Um, I would love to like, what are you, what are you told when you're doing a, you know, regional production, you know, a short period of time, what's like, what, what backstory, what prep are you gotten about your character? You know, the, the so fast. I mean, we are sort of in rep, right? So you're rehearsing a show during the day and doing a different show at night. And so, or, oh God, I see him. How do I not remember his name? I see him and he's so wonderful. Who said it? Um, but there, he had his own Bible of the show. And so every and like, and like, this is where you go. These are the numbers. Like there was not really a, a ton of conversation about backstory and things like that. They were just like, get the steps out. They sort of assumed that you knew, you know, what everything was. And, you know, there are certain times with certain relationships, they'd be like, okay, yeah. And you two cats are friendly. And then you two cats don't really like each other. And then you, two, you know, that sort of thing. But in that production, it was really about just getting it up, you know, getting the whole show mm-hmm. up in what a week, 10 days. Um, 
Yeah, so I didn't get as much uh, uh, of the backstory then. But okay. um, lots of coaching on the steps, for sure. Like, they hardcore about the, the original steps. Yeah, I find that so fascinating and interesting because it's like, how much are you told when you're doing it for such a short period of time? Are you mm-hmm. given the whole, you know, the whole thing and all the yeah. stuff? Or is it just like, just make sure you hit this dance number, this mark, and this lyric? This yeah. doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I mean, they definitely give you some perspective on your cat's way of being. I mean, but like, mm-hmm. just so they everybody's not doing the same thing. And I think we did a little bit of cat school, just like a little exercises in the beginning of like rolling around, bringing cat into us. Um, we started with that, but again, it was just very, it was very body, you know, and and less subtle in that one. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So let's fast forward to 2016. So, you know, yeah. you, you do you do Pittsburgh, you do original Alonzo. Does that factor in when you're kind of doing this, you know, a, this audition for the same character? You know, you kind of have some experience in it, or is it just a totally fresh, since it's all going to be new choreography anyways? Well, no. You know, I, I mean, I definitely am. I see the audition posted, because I had moved to New York, honestly, that year like okay, I, I was wow. living in chicago uh for about four and a half years in concert dance land like i was dancing called river north and um after i left college I wasn't doing musical theater at all so i moved to new york end of 2015 and the audition rolls rolls around i'm not represented like i don't have an age They're dancing with a dance company and uh I'm like, okay, yeah, I, of course I'm going to go. I see choreographing who I wanted to work with forever. Like, you you know, hear his name. And um, I was like, okay, well, th- this will be my first big, like, why not let it be something that I sort of am familiar with? Like, yeah. I hear it's going to be a new production of it, which is, um, but I at least, have, okay, I understand what the show is. So like, let me go. It'll help me be not as ner- so nervous. And that was a complete, because <laughs> <laughs> by the time I go in, and there's hundreds of people. Yeah, auditioning for this show. Uh, like every dancer wanted to for this revival, and so and uh, all of that. Like, oh yeah, I know this show kind of goes away because I'm like everybody knows this show. So <laughs> you know, you got to dance for your life. And so truly, that's what, actually within the audition process. Like going full. Um, my man manager now had seen me perform with Parsons Dance Company and we had been talking and um, she sort of midway got into the process and was able to get me sort of into the next environment, which is great. So Dance in the Open Call got called and then she uh, was with me from then on and um, just started to see it like whittle down a little bit more. Call I remember uh, walking into, it was like all of the guys that you just here are the most incredible dancers in New York. Like I'm looking around and I'm like, oh great, there's this guy. Oh, there's oh I've seen him on TV. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um and so we do it. Long story short, I get the job and uh yeah, make my debut in cats. But I actually I wasn't supposed to be and think about it. Oh was, wow. Um oh my gosh, not Kabakiti. Uh, one of the younger kittens. How am I forgetting? Blank hand is name. Temple Brutus? No. Um, oh my gosh, this is going to kill me. Pounceville. Pounceville. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Ten minutes later. So, um, I actually, yeah, I wasn't on though. So, uh, the first offer I was for Pounceable. And I remember getting that offer. I was judging a competition in Florida and got the call from Lakey uh, saying that they were going to offer me Pounceable. And I was like, cool. I really didn't know who Pounceable was excited <laughs> that I was going to. And then I don't know what happened, but like, I think maybe someone dropped out or, you know, passed on it saying, hey, they actually want to switch your role to Alonzo. And then that's when I really freaked out. I was like, this is like the one I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it was really great. So that's, that's all awesome. I got. That's <laughs> awesome. I hope you're having a jellical ball. We'll be right back after this quick break. So let's let's talk now because you know you you went through the the three words and all this stuff. I want to talk a little bit about Alonzo. There's not as much published about his backstory, and so there's a, a few rumor mills. A couple fill in the blanks for us of what were a you told. What were the three words? I want to give oh, you a couple okay. theories that you can tell us if they're true or not. You know, jog my memory. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, let's start with the like, three words and what you were told is like here's here's Alonzo's backstory. My I do remember my three words. Um, because I remember they like whispered them to us, like they were secret, like <laughs> nobody should know. I think Chrissy Cartwright, uh, actually did that. Um, it was bravado and uncertain, which like threw me. So it was like, oh, Bane, bravado. Yes. Like I know. Oh, but yeah. This yeah. And then they were like uncertain. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Inner turmoil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's what I was whispered as my three words to play with. And I was, um, that Alonzo was sort of second in command with Monkestra. Okay. And, um, would be a great leader at some point <laughs> if he could sort of get past his own vanity and replace that vanity with some like courage and, and confidence, like real confidence, not vanity. Um, I was also told that I was about the same age as Monkestrap. Like we were all, mm -hmm. we're in that generation of, of cats. Like I wasn't a kid and I was an adult cat. Okay. Um, you know, had seen some things. I was told that I sort of slept around a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, that, that he was a cat that gets, gets in, you know, with certain folk, um, himself being the main person, uh, main cat. And, uh, what else is I told in terms of backstory? Well, then you're told that like, at some point he finds his bravery within the show. And okay. So that's the arc is through the show. You're, yes. you're getting rid of that uncertainty almost like you're yes. figuring out. Okay. And so yeah. by the end of the ball, you're, you're like, all right, old dude around me, it's time to go so that Monk uh -huh. can take over so I can be next. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about a couple of the, I like that the sleeping around piece, cause that's going to, it's going to bring up a couple questions. So one of the, one of the theories is, is, is relationships with Demeter. Yeah. So did you, okay. So that's something you played into. Well, you know, what's funny is that that was actually something that was told to me. Um, I remember being a thing in the, in Pittsburgh in the original, yeah. um, but in the revival in 2016, I don't think that was so much told to me. I think I remember like Cassandra being like somebody who I had a little bit more of a connection to. Okay. And then, um, there was, there was also something that was just like my inner thing of like wanting to be Victoria, like wanting to be that person too. So like I sort of played into my fascination with Victoria. Um, it's interesting because it makes yeah. sense that the meters in the nine, cause the 98 movie, your role saves Demeter from a cavity. Yeah. So yeah. That's kind of where it's like, it's part of the, the dance numbers, part of the yes. act. 
Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where that comes from, but I don't think that happens in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you don't do the Victoria dance in 2016. Right. So there's a little bit of like, okay, where is the relationship there? The other yeah. one that's really interesting about that is, is that, um, everyone is uncertain with your relationship with Buster for Jones. Like, is it, yeah. is it uncle? It seems like he shuns you in the, in the 98, the Pittsburgh yeah. original I, choreography. Yeah. I, and I always thought of him because in the, the 2016, I'm positioned, um, they positioned me on the tire, like sort of behind him, like propped up. Mm-hmm. So I always thought of him as, yeah, like whether it was an, uh, like an uncle or some sort of relative, but like I had great esteem for him. Like we're of the same sort of class in my head Okay, um, is what I sort of made up. But there was no direction there between the two of us. But I, I drew, drew that just from the way I was staged in the number. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. You have yeah, to make yeah, your yeah. own connections based yeah. on like, cause there's, there's so much uncertainty. What about Tugger? Yeah. So I remember the, the sort of jealousy factor with, with Tugger being a thing. Like, uh, Tugger just had more swag and Tugger seemed to be able to be, uh, to get what he wanted and be reckless when, and this is probably just me, what I made up, but like, I thought Alonzo sort of thought he had to be a certain sort of posh way and his, his way into sensuality and, and getting what he wanted was poshness and ego, uh, where Tugger could just sort of just be and get everything. Yeah. And so that to me, I was like, oh man, you know, like I had a little bit of animosity there and like when the cats would squeal for him, you know, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, squeal for me. Yeah. Um, but again, like things that I made up, but I, I don't actually know what are the myths about those two. Well, the tie for Tugger is, is because you take the line terrible bore. Mm-hmm. And so by that, it's like you're dismissive a little bit of him, or at least yeah. jealous or some version of that uh-huh. because of that line change. Cause that used to be Mistopheles. And that's where yeah. in the original production, like all the Tugger Mistopheles, like being together, rumor mill lives yeah. is centers yeah. around that. So with you taking it, I think it's interesting. I, I like what you're, what you're saying, which is you have the same bravado, but you're not getting away with it. And he is like, he's being yeah. able to kind of do whatever he wants. Um, and like and I were, is. yeah. Like the way we were staged in 2016, I remember the terrible bore me and monkey strap were standing together actually, and looking over at Tugger for that. So uh, we okay. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we both so, took on the same opinion there. Yeah, so it's like you're the, the two people in charge, really. You're still kind of running the show, being like, yeah. all right, what, what's this clown doing out here dancing yes. around? And a li- but also a little bit, your monkey's trap is annoyed, and you're like, that could be me. I want to be him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you, you know, and I think that's a, a good transition is you, you did that, that section with Tyler, who you're yeah. working with in Only Gold. Yeah. Tyler's so much fun and he was so wonderful um in that process so like i i understudied tugger and plato mccavities and and went on for both of those roles a good bit and it was cool to just sort of um be freed and coached by him you know yeah tyler's definitely a performer that i i look up to um He's been in the game for so long and he's just so great at one building character, like from his, from scratch two, just like liberating himself and therefore like liberating other people in their performance of their characters. And so I remember going on for Tugger and, and, um, feeling so good and like understanding why that role is so fun for people is because you literally, it's like doing drag, honestly, like you get to tap into this other side of yourself that has no reservation 
you know, and, um, and, and the way it was choreographed in the revival, I just think just hit so hard. And, um, yeah, it, it was wonderful. Yeah. He's wonderful in this as well. And it's just, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Full circle yeah. for us too. When you went on as Tugger, you know, I feel like part of doing this, this role so many times a week, you kind of almost embody your character a little bit. Oh, yeah. you almost like take your Alonzo. I want, like, I want to be, Tugger, the way to go on is Tugger. Like, did that kind of come out of like, ooh, I get to finally fulfill his wish? Yeah, it, it was like I, I was on the other side of the glass, though. Like, in yeah. a way of like, I got to sort of see Alonzo's eyes. You know what I mean? In this weird way, it's how I kind of thought about it. It's like, oh, now I'm sort of in the bowl. Yeah. Um, and it's also cool because with that role, you can sort of, you can conjure up like all the Tuggers that came before. And then also like all of my heroes, like the Benverines, the Sammy Davises, the like mm -hmm. all of those sh sh song and dance men mixed with the Terrence man mixed with it. You know what I mean? It's like, you could really do a smash burger of all those people. And like, it still feel really genuine, um, which was so great and, and fun to tap into in different ways. I love it. I, I think Andy hired every tugger he could find for only gold because he's got you, you know, your understudy, <laughs> Tyler, Terrence, all all doing this. So all the tuggers. Tell me a little bit about the show. I mean, this will be uh, by the time this airs, it'll be a couple weeks in. What can people expect to see with with only gold? Yeah, it's really, really, really wonderful because they're calling it a dance musical, which I I we all feel is just so important. Like. Yes, we've been having this conversation about like dance pushing narrative and like, is it abstract? Is it commercial? Da, 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 da. But like, we're finally seeing, you know, like uh, with Andy's passion project, Only Gold, that like we are sharing, literally sharing the stage, music equally, dance, um, all of the writing that they've been doing. The lighting is telling a story. The sound design is telling a story. Like every single element is driving the narrative. And like at any point, like you can trade, trade off. You know what I mean? It's like, where, whereas I think more traditional musical theater, we think of like, oh, feeling is getting too hot. Let's dance. Like, no, like we're trying to tell you something super complex and we can do that with our bodies. We don't have a set piece here because we want to do it with our bodies. This light is telling you more about what's happening in this scene than the song or this song says it all. It completely tells the story or it's completely abstract and just metaphor. And you just get a feeling like it is, it's, beautifully complex and it has so much heart and um you're just gonna hear kate nash's like banging music like yeah. she's a full pop star and you're like these are songs some of these songs that you've loved for years and then you're gonna hear some of her new stuff written just for the show that is it's so good it hits it's just like everybody is the best of the best in this process so it'll be a good time yeah and I, it, you know it's, it's kind of sounds like an interesting thing of like following three different generations so you're getting like of in that almost in that way it's where when i heard about it the first time i was like it kind of feels a little catsish you got the the oldest the middle and the young yeah and you're going to get the story from kind of all three of them yeah. uh the different versions of that yeah and yeah to me and i sort of maybe a theme of like the new, the last new show I did dealt with this sort of like two, uh, like older love, more mature love and younger love, um, and Haiti sound. And like with this, we're also dealing with love at two different points. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting and, and really just like how to get back to that kernel of what's most important, that love that's most important. Like even as you start to have responsibility and duty and bills to pay and kingdoms to run, 
Like, how do you find that kernel again, that fire? Like, how do you keep that fire going when all of this stuff is is built around you? So it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I am looking forward to seeing it. I think, you know, when, when we're recording this, it's opening this upcoming weekend. So yeah. when this airs, it'll be out for a couple of weeks, but people still have plenty of time. If you're in New York to go see it, we'll link the, uh, the, the tickets here in the description. So um, I want to do a little rapid fire at Cats to get to the, my, my final thesis question here. Okay. So it was... Um, the, the first one would be if you could play any cat for one night, male, female, it doesn't matter if you have the, you know, dance and singing ability or whatever. If you could just go on for one track, who would you want to go on as? Demeter. Demeter. Okay. Give me, give me the why. Um, because she's layered. She has a lot going on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's there's an a, understatement. You know, like there's a lot to pull from there. Yeah. That she is a, 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 a real story. A very understatement. That's that's one of the craziest parts of the show that I did not pick up watching it when I learned about it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. A lot happened in there. Oh, yeah. Um, who are your favorite and least favorite cats? <laughs> My favorite and least favorite cat. Favorite cat is is definitely Tugger. Um Least favorite cat is Carbuckety. He used to get on my nerves. Not the actor, but the, the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is not actors, yeah. this is purely characters. Um yeah, what Carbuckety is your favorite song sure. from the show? Ooh, um, you know, hearing uh, Jelly sing Gus, mm. Gus's song is really, it moved me every day. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you, if one cat was to write a new musical, which one do you think would be the best at actually writing and producing a new musical? <laughs> um, I'm going to say Alonzo. <laughs> okay. Uh, very bravado. Control Alonzo, free. I love it. I love it. You're <laughs> leaning in, sticking to it. <laughs> Um, okay, my million dollar question, and this is what this whole podcast centers around, but I do not think Grizabella is the right Jellical choice. And so I would love to know, do you want to defend Grizabella, or if you were old, old Deuteronomy, or Alonzo getting his chance to make the decision, who are you deciding to go the heavy side layer? Gus. Gus, Gus. hands down. Are you kidding me? Absolutely, okay. Gus. No questions asked, Gus. So give me the give me the reason why. Give me the rationale. Gus is like, Gus is the one that deserves it. Like he's lived such a beautifully storied life. He's beloved by all of the cats. He teaches us a beautiful lesson. Like he deserves he he deserves to go up there to that heavy side layer. I want to. I, I mean, I'm all for it. Anytime it's not Grisabella, I'm like, great. Let's move on. I'm I'm in agreement. It's it's uh it's it's Gus. Uh, I think it's the most logical choice. Honestly, I think it's the yeah. one that makes the most sense. I want to do a little kind of like thought exercise for you, though. Okay. So let's assume that we pick Gus. Yeah. Let's assume Old Deuteronomy goes. Monkus Trap gets one year. He picks Grizabella. Crazy accident. Now you're in charge. Lonzo's up. It's time to shine. So Old Deuteronomy, Gus, and Grizabella are gone. What's the order of the next couple Jellical choices you're going to make? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I think it goes, um, I think Demeter. Demeter's first. Okay. And then, I don't know how this is going to feel to you. But I think McCavity's misunderstood. I think okay. McCavity's up there too. Yeah. So we want to know, turned... you know what? McCavity, I changed my answer about who would write the best musical. It's McCavity. McCavity would? Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows the villains. Okay, so you're doing Demeter and McCavity back to back years, let them go, re explore their history yeah. as new pe- as new cats. Who's after that? I know. Jelly's gonna Jelly Lorem's gonna be mad at me, but like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say Jelly. I'll put Jelly next. Jelly, and then you got to go like Skimble or Jenny, right? Like those are. I don't. I mean, Skimble, sure. Oh, okay. I would, I would sounds, say Jenny before Skimble. Sounds like there's some animosity with Skimble. What's the What's going on there? There's just like Skimble. Skimble for me, you know, it's like okay, cool. You, you run this train. You, like we get it. 
like, but, but you, <laughs> you don't, you didn't let me have any fun on the train. You know what I mean? Alonzo. Yeah. So, so, so I, I have a bone to pick with Skimble. I love how so many of the answers <laughs> to these questions from your castmates and from you all center around what cat you play. It's like you live that life so long exactly. that you're like, yeah, I oh, don't yeah. like this cat because they oh, shun yeah. me in this stuff. You know, I was like, yeah. your answers stem from that. And it's oh, so yeah. funny to hear because it's so consistent. <laughs> I love it. Um, this has been super fun. How can people keep up with you on social media? How can people, you know, we'll, we'll link everything for only gold. Um, what else you what else you got going on? Yeah, um, you can find me on I'm on Instagram at Ahmad Simmons. Um, pretty simple there. I oh actually I'm doing I'm directing this beautiful fun Halloween concert and dance party benefit for Broadway Cares. Um, so October 23rd at 8 p.m. at Sony Hall. Um, it's a event called I Put a Spell on You, alive at Sony Hall. So it's a Hocus Pocus parody show starring my good friend and hometown high school buddy, Jay Armstrong Johnson, who's a Broadway awesome. star and a host of other Broadway favorites. Um, Robin Herder, Nick Rashad Burroughs, I mean, Alicia Umfris, like heavy hitters um, wow. in this show. And there's a costume contest. Uh there's a DJ, so it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna turn into a party at the end, but it, it's gonna be a huge, huge amount of fun. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be great. We got a lot of great choreographers together, and it, it's all benefiting Broadway Cares, Equity Fights Aid. So you can get your tickets, go to broadwaycares.org um, to find those tickets, and we wanna pack the house. Fun event Amazing. for a great cause. It's spooky, it's very campy, it's funny. Um, yeah, come and get your. That's amazing. This will this will be out before, so we'll link everything Great. too, so people can come. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. That will be uh, awesome. So go see that. Go see Only Gold, um, and then follow everywhere so you can stay in touch with what's after that. Yeah, please, please do. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. This was super fun. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Happy to talk to you. Awesome, and thanks everyone else. Uh, to listen to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.